With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Henry from Bro History. Welcome to another episode. Um, I have a special guest today. I have Ted Snyder. Um, Ted Snyder is a writer on uh, U.S. foreign policy, and he's a regular contributor to antiwar.com and uh, consortiumnews.com. Ted just had this really interesting investigative piece called uh, Netanyahu's latest corruption case could expose long-hidden secrets about Israel's nuclear weapons program. Uh, He posted that on Mondo Weiss. So I really wanted to get a chance to talk to him about it because um, throughout the next couple of months, uh, we do plan on covering the, uh, the elections in Israel. Um, Netanyahu is in the middle of a big corruption scandal, and you know, we wanted to give more insight on that. So um, this was a great episode, and I hope you guys enjoy. I saw your article um, that you wrote last month, which I found really, really interesting. Um, the one for uh, Mondo Weiss, uh, Netanyahu's uh, latest corruption case could expose long hidden secrets about Israel's nuclear weapons program. I didn't know that Israel's nuclear weapons program was a secret. <laughs> it's it's an it's an open secret. Um, it is a secret because it's never been officially declared by Israel, and it's a secret because American presidents have never openly acknowledged it. So it's it's one of those secrets that are sort of publicly known so that it can act as a deterrent, but it's officially a secret because it's it's never been admitted to um, by either Israel or by the United States. So um, it's a secret that everybody knows. Yeah, it, it's a secret that everyone knows. But I guess if you're you know, if you work for the government or the U.S. government, you'll get in a lot of trouble if you if you uh, tell the truth. You'd get in a lot of trouble um, in the States for two reasons. One is because it's it's kind of official policy not to admit it, so you can't break that policy. But but the other reason is that under the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, um, the United States as a nuclear power um, has, has signed on to not helping non-nuclear powers develop nuclear programs. So if it were to turn out that the United States knew or in any way facilitated Israel in getting a nuclear program, then the United States would be in violation of the non-proliferation treaty. So there, so there would be consequences. And, and the, I think the really interesting thing about the court cases happening in Israel right now is that um, I think it puts that at some risk. I think it puts at risk not only a possible admission that a public admission that Israel has a clandestine nuclear program, 
but that America's knowing about that program, um, and that and that as we'll get into the story, that that America maybe even know well not maybe that America even knows that part of that program was established by stealing nuclear equipment from the United States, and that the United States is aware of that, and and by being aware of it, not doing anything about it. That's a violation of the of the, nu- the nuclear non-proliferation treaty. So the consequences are potentially big. I first wanted to give some context. Um, it, it looks like Netanyahu's coalition, um, by all means, uh, could be falling apart. But what I find most interesting is that there were three different charges against Netanyahu last year. And um, the Israeli police recommended um, indictments in all three cases. Um, can you tell us... A little bit more about those charges. Like, what what exactly did he do? Yeah. Okay. So there's 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 two things he's accused of doing in in three different cases. So the most recent case was just at the close of the last year on um, December the second. Um, the Israeli police did actually recommend in, indicting Netanyahu on charges of bribery and fraud. Okay. So so these have to do with Netanyahu's role as. Um, um, like telecommunications minister and not specifically as prime minister. But so what Netanyahu does is he, he trades really, really lucrative regulatory favors to this large Israeli website. In fact, the website's owned by the biggest telecommunications company in Israel. And what he does is he, he trades where he allows them to have this very controversial and lucrative merger in exchange for um giving him positive publicity that is publishing articles that are complementary of him and removing articles that are critical so he uses his power to um to to to, to bribe a company he, he gives them a lucrative deal in exchange for positive coverage and that's not the first time he's done that that one of the earlier charges had to do with one of the biggest newspapers in israel um yad yad Haranat. and and this newspaper um could be critical of Netanyahu. So, so what he does is he goes to this critical paper, and again, he, he cuts a deal. The paper will give him more positive coverage and more positive pictures and remove negative content um, in exchange for limiting the circulation of one of his biggest competitors. So it, it lets this newspaper be more successful in exchange for as long as they, they stop being critical of him and start being more complimentary of him. Now, in this second case, um, this mysterious figure named Arnon Milchin shows up for the first time in this in this context because the Israeli police say that they have evidence that the middleman that went between Netanyahu and Yediot Aharonot is Arnon Milchin. So there's these two cases where Netanyahu is, is, is accused of or is going to be or possibly indicted for um, trading favors to the media in exchange for getting positive coverage. The second one indirectly involves this guy named Arnon Milchin. The third one directly involves Arnon Milchin because this time Netanyahu is accused of accepting bribes from Arnon Milchin. And the bribes are huge. They're worth um, probably over $283,000. And they take the form primarily of, um, for Netanyahu, very expensive Cuban cigars, um, for Netanyahu's wife, um, pink Dom Perignon champagne. There's other things thrown in there, but but it's actually like the quarter of a billion dollars is mostly made up 
of champagne and cigars. And what Netanyahu does in exchange for this $283,000 worth of goods is he intervenes to get tax breaks for Milchin. But more importantly, he, interve- he intervenes to help Arnon Milchin maintain his U.S. visa. And this bribery goes to such a high level that Netanyahu is reported to have gone to then U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry three times to intervene on Milton's behalf to get this um, to get his his U.S. visa extended. So those are the three charges that are currently against Netanyahu. They they are part of what puts his his um, well, I mean, we're going to elections now, but they're part of what puts his his career um, as a politician at risk. But I argue in my articles that I think there's a much more potentially dangerous side to these trials that are going that could come up, um, which link Netanyahu to Arnon Milchan. Yeah, so those are the, those are the three cases. Yeah. So uh, Netanyahu must have some taste. Two hundred eighty thousand dollars of champagne and and cigars. <laughs> well, you know, apparently Netanyahu has a reputation for being a connoisseur of expensive cigars. Apparently, he spends a lot of money on cigars. Um, so, so Milchin just basically does this this airlift of cigars into Netanyahu. There were other things too, especially cooked meals, champagne. There were there were other things, but but it was mostly champagne cigar bribes um, in exchange for tax breaks and most importantly for helping him get his U.S. visa. Um, so, so Netanyahu's charged of, of he's, he could be indicted on two counts of of fraud and bribery with newspapers and accepting bribes um, from Arnon Milchin. So, so what I find really interesting is that when I type in a name Arnon Milchin in Google, the very first thing that pops up is his IMDb page. So I think most Americans, if they if they know who he is, um, they know him as a Hollywood guy. Uh, but obviously, there is much more to him than that. Um, who is this guy? Who is Arnon Milchin? So Henry Arnon Milchin is he's not an American. He's an Israeli citizen. Uh, Milchin's an Israeli billionaire. He owned over 30 companies um, around the world. If he's known to Americans at all, he's best known as a fairly high-profile Hollywood figure. Um, He produced over 150 movies. He's had, I think, two Academy Award nominations. Um, He produced movies like The King of Comedy, L.A. Confidential, um, Birdman, Brazil, JFK, Pretty Woman, Twelve Years a Slave, The Revenue. He's a he's a big time Hollywood producer. So so he's well known in that capacity. What what isn't known is that Milchan. It's like a Hollywood movie. Milchan has an entirely secret second life. He bribes Netanyahu to get an extended U.S. visa, and this is often reported. But what's never reported or is seldom reported is why Milchin needed help getting his U.S. visa, because Milchin had long enjoyed these sort of automatic 10-year U.S. visas, and he didn't need anybody's help. He, he's been getting these years. He's been working in Hollywood forever. He's been getting these automatic 10-year visas. But the reason he needs Netanyahu's help is because his right to these automatic 10-year visas gets revoked all of a sudden. And the reason it gets revoked is because of his secret second life. Arnon Milchin confesses to working in the United States on behalf of Israeli intelligence. He's a spy. And when Arnon Milchin admits that he's actually an Israeli spy who's infiltrated the United States, he loses his right to 10-year visas and actually has to reapply every year 
to get them approved. And that's why he suddenly goes to Netanyahu and asks for his help. So Arnon Milton's living this double life. He's a Hollywood producer. Um, it's like his own story, Hollywood story, right? He's a Hollywood producer in one life, and he's this high-level Israeli spy on the other. Wow. What was the context of him admitting that he was an Israeli spy? It was an interview that he gave, um, and all of a sudden, in the, he, it was an interview that he gave for, for an unauthorized biography, and in the interview, he just tells it, and apparently he told other people, too. Um, Robert De Niro, who starred in, I think, The King of Comedy? I've never seen it. Um, who knew Arn Arnon Milchin tells a story of just being at a party, and in the context of the party, just because he's curious, he, he asks Arnon Milchin, you know, are these rumors true that you're like a... Um, a munitions guy and Milchin just says that he is and that he's really proud of it. And De Niro says he just like told me straight up, but it actually becomes public in this interview for a biography. Um, and, and Arnon Milchin's under gag orders by Netanyahu and the Israeli government, not to discuss this by the way. Um, but it's a really interesting story, how he becomes a spy and, and how big a spy he is and, and what he's actually doing. Yeah, and what was like the context? Like, what was he doing in as an Israeli spy? Like, what what were his uh, I guess main objectives, or what did he accomplish? Again, it's like a Hollywood movie. It's 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 an incredible story. He's he's in, he's recruited into Israeli intelligence at the highest levels. So Shimon Peres, who would go on to become the Prime Minister of Israel, but at the time was the Minister of Defense. Shimon Peres himself now confirmed. Perez says that he recruited Milton into Israeli intelligence. So he's recruited into Israeli intelligence in the 1960s by the Minister of Defense. And, he, you know, people have heard of things like Mossad and Shin Beit, but Milton gets recruited into this incredibly secretive agency called the Science Liaison Bureau, which doesn't sound bad at all. It's 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 known in Israel by its Hebrew acronym LAKM or LAKAM. So, so Milton gets recruited by Shimon Frez into Lakam in the 1960s. And Lakam is so secretive. It's so behind the curtain that it's behind the curtain even of Israeli intelligence. Israeli intelligence is not aware of what Lakam is doing. And Lakam doesn't even report to like Israeli intelligence chiefs. It reports directly to the Minister of Defense. So this is so secretive. It's secret from Israeli intelligence. And it has essentially two jobs. Lakam's first job is to make sure that the secret Daimona nuclear facility in Israel stays secret from the United States. That is, its job is to hide its true purpose from Israeli intelligence. Lakam's job is to make sure that the United States doesn't find out that Israel has a nuclear weapons program. And the second function of Lakam, and this is where Arnon Milton comes in, is that they secretly collect, um, they even steal scientific intelligence from Israel's Western allies. So Lakam goes around the world and steals um, nuclear scientific intelligence. So Arnon Milchin is producing Hollywood movies by day, and in his totally secret life, he's he's living in the United States, and he's purchasing nuclear equipment, and he's stealing nuclear secrets from Western allies, and he's providing those to the Israeli government. Um, and, and so that's what he's doing. He's a, he's a, he's a, I don't know the real word, he's a top-level secret agent doing, like, really important secretive nuclear espionage um, for Israel um, while, while working as a Hollywood producer in California. 
Yeah, in your article, you mentioned the, the, the Crichton case. What, what exactly are Crichtons? So the Crichton case is where all this gets really interesting, and it's one of these sort of huge cases, and it's it's shockingly little talked about. A, a Crichton is a it's a it's a gas filled high speed switch, okay, and it's what's known as dual use technology, and and that means it can have an innocuous use and it can have a more illicit use. So Crichtons have these high speed switches, and they they do have medical applications. They can be used in medical equipment. But the important point is they can also be used as triggers for nuclear weapons. So if you're developing a nuclear weapons program, you need to get access to Crytrons. The United States has Crytrons. They manufacture Crytrons. But you're not allowed to export a Crytron unless you've got a special munitions license from the State Department because it's part of a nuclear weapons program. So you're not allowed to export them. You need special state department permission to export a Crytron. Okay, so so where the story gets interesting now is that in the 1980s, because of their secret nuclear program, Israel needs Crytrons. So the Israeli Ministry of Defense goes to this company in California called Milko International Incorporated. And Milko starts a smuggling operation where because they can't export them legally to Israel, they start smuggling them to Israel. But what happens in the 1980s is that U.S. Customs discovers that this operation is going on. And the FBI um, actually finds out who's behind it and 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 busts him. This, the smuggling operation is being run by this California company called Milko. And Milko's owned by this American physicist businessman named Richard Kelly Smythe. But Smythe is a NATO consultant and he has high level security clearance and he knows about Crytrons and he knows where to get Crytrons. And through his company of his Milko between 1979 and 1983, Smythe smuggles out 15 orders of Crytrons, which totals over 1,800 individual Crytrons, and he smuggles them out of California, and he smuggles them directly to the Israeli Ministry of Defense. So the FBI um, catches Smythe. They indict him on, on um, I think it was 30 counts of, of perjury and of illegally transferring restricted materials. And then true to this sort of Hollywood movie, Smythe vanishes. He just totally disappears forever and nobody knows where Smythe is. 15 years later in 2001, Interpol finds Smythe in Spain and they extradite him to the United States and Smythe actually pleads guilty to violating the U.S. Arms Export Controls Act and he's sentenced to 40 years in prison. He doesn't serve those 40 years because he claims not to be in good health and because he's somewhat elderly. Although he also he also boasts in personal letters of, of not feeling sick at all, of feeling amazingly healthy. But allegedly because he's elderly and not feeling well, he serves four years and he's let go. But the remarkable thing is he did plead guilty and he is convicted and he does go to jail for illegally smuggling these Crytron nuclear parts out of the United States into Israel. So so that's the really little discussed Crytron case. Yeah, and what I find really interesting is that um that there, there, there wasn't any political pressure to let him go? Yeah, Henry, I, I honestly don't know how to explain that because, you know, it, th- there are, 
in in other cases that Israel's involved in this sort of smuggling, nothing happens. The government just turns a blind eye. And and as you'll see in a minute when we go on talking, larger players in this case did have the blind eye turned to them, and Israel did. Um, the United States was at pains to make this about Richard Kelly Smythe and to completely leave Israel out of it. So so although it's remarkable that that someone does get caught for um, smuggling arms into into Israel, um, they're very very careful not to make this about Israel. So it's it's Smythe that gets nailed. It's it's not Israel and it's not the big players. Smythe's not a big player. He sounds like it so far in the story, but he's only made to sound like a big player to keep your eyes off the really big players, and that's where the story really gets exciting. Yeah, so like, who are those bigger players? Okay, so so for our purpose, what we're, we're really interested in is that um, the first big player is a young pre-Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Oh boy. Um, a, researcher, a researcher named Grant Smith, through a Freedom of Information Act, got access to an FBI memorandum. It's dated February 13, 2002. It's pretty heavily redacted, but it's really, really clear from biographical information about the people. It's really, really clear who's being talked about. And what's evident is this FBI memorandum is the report of an interview between the FBI who, who busted Smythe and Smythe. So what we actually have is this FBI memorandum reporting the interrogation that Smythe gave them when they busted him for smuggling the Krytrons. And what becomes really, really clear in this memorandum is that Richard Kelly Smythe is working in the United States and that his Israeli collaborator is Benjamin Netanyahu. That, that Netanyahu, now Prime Minister of Israel, was actually working in the smuggling operation to bring nuclear parts illegally out of the United States into Canada. The memorandum says that Smythe and Netanyahu frequently met um, both in Tel Aviv restaurants and in Netanyahu's house or business. Um, and it's really clear that they met frequently. And it's really clear that that Netanyahu is his sort of Israeli collaborator. And if that sounds exciting, <laughs> that this this crazy Hollywood story gets even more exciting, because you might remember I told you earlier that that um, Arnon Milchin got nuclear parts and nuclear secrets out of allied countries to Israel. That he was a billionaire who owned like thirty companies all over the world. But the truth is that a lot of the companies that Milchin owned were front companies. They were they, the memorandum makes it clear that the real purpose of these straw companies and of um, secret bank accounts that Milton opened up all over the world was to raise funds to finance the secret nuclear weapons program in the Diamond nuclear plant in Israel. So um, this company, Milko, that Richard Kelly Smythe owns, it's it's not a real company. It's a front. Richard Kelly Smythe is a business associate of, of Arnon Milchin, the Hollywood producer and spy. And Arnon Milchin pressures Smythe to start this new company called Milko. But Milko's really a front company for Arnon Milchin. 
And Milchan actually enters into a profit-sharing agreement with Milko. In fact, in the smuggling of these Krytrons, um, Milchan got 60% of the profits, and Richard Kelly Smith's Smite's company got 40% of the profits. So, so Milko, who's smuggling these nuclear weapons parts into Israel, is really a front company for Arnon Milchan. So when Netanyahu is collaborating with Milko, he's actually collaborating with Arnon Milchan, the man who he's now being indicted over for accepting bribes. So, so the guy that he's, you know, could face trials over for for these bribery things, um, Netanyahu is actually collaborating with him to bring nuclear weapons into Israel, and um, it gets even bigger than that. So we're yeah. on to Netanyahu. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it just it shows you the balls of Netanyahu. Um... You think that with the, his history, that he would want to have a you know a twenty foot pole between the, between himself and him? It, it's it's it just shows you that it, like why would he want to keep on working with him? Yeah, um, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. Right? Um, does he want to give Arnon Milchan visas to stay in the states because it's still important for Israeli intelligence that Arnon Milchan be in the states? I don't know. That's a question, right? I don't know. I don't know why Netanyahu would do this. There could be reasons like that. I don't know why. But but part of the story, Henry, is that the, the connection between Netanyahu and Milchan is much tighter than what we've discussed so far. Because so far, all we've got is Netanyahu collaborating with, with um, Smythe, who incidentally works with Milchan. So, so Netanyahu incidentally is collaborating with with Milton, but in fact the collaboration is way more direct than that. Because when you look at the FBI memorandum that Grant Smith got access to, what it actually says is that the Israeli Ministry of Defense wanted to get these Krytrons. So the Israeli Ministry of Defense goes to this Israeli company called Heli Trading Corporation, and they give Ministry of Defense money to Heli. And they tell Heli to use this money to get Krytrons. So Heli goes to Milko, Smythe's company, and they give them the money to go and, and get these Krytrons. Now, what's interesting is that the FBI memorandums make it clear that at the time that this is happening, Netanyahu um, is actually under the employ of Heli. He's working for Heli. Okay, so the crucial link in the Netanyahu Milchan connection is that at the time of the smuggling operations, when he's holding these regular meetings with with Smythe, he's actually holding these meetings with Smythe on behalf of Heli Corporation. He's working for Heli Corporation to bring these Krytrons into Israel for the for the nuclear weapons program. And then the final link and the thing that makes this thing between Netanyahu and Milchan sort of crazily tight is that the FBI interview, the memorandum, makes it clear that Heli Trading Company is really Arnon Milchan, that, that Heli's owned by Arnon Milchan. So when Netanyahu is working for Heli, collaborating with Smythe, he's actually doing this under the employ of Arnon Milchan. He's directly working for Milchan. So, 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 Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in an earlier incarnation, under the employee working for Arnon Milchan, was directly involved in an Israeli operation 
to illegally smuggle American equipment into Israel for a nuclear program. So now you've got these indictments in Israel, and now you've got this possibility that Netanyahu could go to trial and Arnon Milton could go to trial. And if in the discussions it turns out that Netanyahu had had used Arnon Milton as a middleman with newspapers and accepted bribes with Arnon Milton, if in court, you know, this line was was pursued, then it, it could come out into court that that Netanyahu earlier as an employee of Arnon Milchin was operating a smuggling ring to bring nuclear parts illegally into Israel. If that happened, then what we could get on a court transcript is not only an admission that Israel does in fact have a clandestine nuclear program, but even possibly more damaging an admission that the United States knew that Israel was illegally acquiring those parts and and perhaps even worse that that Israel knew that America sorry that America knew that Israel was stealing those parts from the United States so you could get a public admission of an Israeli weapons pro, nuclear weapons program and you could get a US admission that in violation of the nuclear non-proliferation treaty they knew that Israel was developing weapons and did nothing about it and also didn't admit to the public that it was doing that by stealing nuclear technology from the United States and that's why i think these these trials have potentially massive ramifications for Netanyahu's career but more importantly for Israel and the United States yeah, so if that's if that's proven, if that comes up, uh, would the U.S. be forced to stop giving aid to Israel? So, okay, there's a lot of questions here. Like, first of all, will, will Israel ever let this come up? You know, if it were to come up, if it were to turn out that is that the United States knew that um, the United States was was in violation of the treaty then then presumably there are mechanisms in place that would then make it really difficult for the united states to go on giving financial aid um to israel um because they're not allowed to give money to a country who's who's using that for for illegal weapons and they're not allowed to help an officially non-nuclear country to become a nuclear country so so the ramifications you know the ramifications could be big um, no one talks about this, by the way. You 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 do hear about these three indictments against Netanyahu. You see it in the Israeli press. It's all over the Israeli press. You see it in the in the North American press. You even occasionally in those stories see these glances of a connection between Netanyahu and Smythe. <coughs> Excuse me. You you almost never see in the media a connection between Netanyahu and Arnon Milchan. In fact, when I was when I first sort of got onto the story and I was really excited about following the story up and I'm, and I'm looking for beyond what I've, you know, what I've got, I'm looking for information. I'm Googling, I'm even Googling, you know, like Netanyahu, Arnon Milchin, nothing comes up. It's it, nothing comes up. It's like, it's like they've managed to keep this completely secret. It's not until you sort of go in sideways and you start looking under Heli Corporation. And then as you're reading about Heli Corporation, you find that Heli Corporation employed Netanyahu. And then when you find the FBI file and find that Heli Corporation is actually Milchin, then you find out there's a link between Netanyahu and Milchin, that Netanyahu was working for Milchin and Milchin was operating under the Ministry of Defense contract to get these weapons. So the story's incredible. You go on like totally sideways and I'm on this sort of wild detective story and I'm getting like closer and closer and closer. When I get to the end, I find I'm not the first person to get there. 
that people like Grant Smith and and um, another U.S. researcher named Roger Matson had gotten there long before I got there, um, which was actually kind of exciting because I got to talk to um, Smith and Matson and go over the story with them and bounce my theories off them and see what they thought. Um, but this is this was a hard story to track down. Um, you don't see anything on Netanyahu and Milchin. And in the Israeli press, when they're talking about these indictments, two out of three of them involving Milchin, you don't see mention of, of this link between Netanyahu and Milchin um, to the Krytons case. It's just, you don't see this. It's, it's crazy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, the only thing, when I uh, type in uh, Milton's name in Google, the only thing I see is either his Hollywood career or uh, there's an article uh, from Haaretz uh, calling him the Israeli James Bond. But doesn't really go with that far. I mean, doesn't go into the context that you just did um, about their very, very extensive uh, past together. And if the article you're talking about in Hearts is the one I'm thinking of, it's it's pretty much just a report of this this biography that was called um, "Confidential: The Life of of Secret Agent Turned Hollywood Producer." So so you you do get you do get this stuff about Milton if you if you first you just find the Hollywood stuff if you search. You can find a bit about Milchin's past. It never implicates Netanyahu. It never reaches Netanyahu. And as I said, when this came out, you know, Netanyahu and, and the Israeli government put a gag order on Milchin that he's not allowed to talk. It, it, when you read about this, they say he's not allowed to talk about the, the Pinto um, case. Pinto was the um, the name of the operation that Milchin and Smythe gave to their smuggling ring. They called it Operation Pinto. And and um, if you really dig deep, you can find this this gag order that Arnon Milchin is not allowed to discuss Operation Pinto. So this is really secretive stuff. And and it's it's kind of amazing if you think about it. Like just forget everything else. That that the guy who's currently the Prime Minister of Israel was himself involved in a completely illegal smuggling operation to bring parts that are, were necessary to a nuclear weapons program into Israel. Um, I don't think he wants this to come out. Um, and, and I think the danger of these court trials is that, is that they provide a potential platform for them to come out. Yeah, for some reason, I'm not surprised, though, that Netanyahu is connected with all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It'd be pretty surprising if it came out. It could have, you know, implications. Um, this isn't talked about, you know, when people talk about Netanyahu's past careers, you seldom, I don't know if you ever see that he worked for Heli Corporation. You see what jobs he had in the States. You see what jobs he has in other places. There's a, a letter that um, Richard Kelly Smythe writes from prison to Arnon Milchin, where he actually says to Milchin, I can't remember the exact words, he, he says, um, congratulations on your former employee becoming the Prime Minister of Israel. Um, but you've got to go to really, like, you know, letters from prison to, to find that on Netanyahu's resume. It's, it's not out there. So there's, there's just no, uh, there's really no press coverage on this at all. Even there's from, press coverage uh, on the, yeah, on the indictments, there's press coverage, but, but, and they mention Arnon Milchin in both of them, but the previous link between Netanyahu and Milchin, it's really hard to find anything in the media. 
really hard. So, so, um, what do you think is, what do you think the potential is of something like this coming out in the courts of Israel? I don't know. I can't imagine that Israel wants it to come out. Like I said, there's been a gag order. I don't know. I don't know enough about how courts work. I, I just, this is just way out of my area to know how much influence the executive would have on the judiciary to tell them, don't go there in your trial. I just, I just don't know that. So I, I've, I really don't know. It, you know, in, in theory, this is a potentially big thing in practice, whether it could happen or not is just way beyond what I know. Yeah. So we're running close to time right now, but um, this is this has been awesome. I recommend everyone listening to this. Everyone check out this article. Um, Netanyahu's latest corruption case could expose long hidden secrets about Israel's nuclear weapons program. I'm going to have that in the description of the podcast below. Um, any closing words, anything else that you want to plug in? Any, any pieces that you're working on right now? Um, nothing I'm working on the minute. I just, my, my latest piece was, uh, for antiwar.com, uh, where I wrote a piece on, uh, on, um, um, Trump saying that they're going to be pulling out of Syria. And I, I the, you know, the, the idea of my piece is that the, the sort of, um, um, right-wing media, that sort of the mainstream media has been kind of unified in, in, condemning the the pulling out of troops and the the alternative media has been completely on this on side with pulling out the troops saying that the the conditions have all been met so get out what i argue is that what they what they both miss is that if if the conditions for getting out of syria have been met it's only because those conditions were never problems in the first place in other words um if it's time to stop the war in Syria, it's only because there never should have been a war in Syria. Um, that's my latest piece that's up on anti-war right now. Yeah, and it's called uh, The Syrian War is Over. It Never Should Have Started up on uh, antiwar.com right now. I'm going to give it a read, but uh, yeah, maybe we can talk about Syria someday too. You cover that a lot as well, right? That'd be great. I'd love to. Yeah, um, we're, we're covering a lot. We, mostly we've been covering... Um, Syria and Saudi Arabia over the past two or three months, just because, I mean, frankly, they've been in the news the most. However, we're, we're going to start covering um, a lot more what's going on with the Israeli election. So this was like a great, a great starter for, for, for this um, as we go into April. But um, I, I really appreciate your time. This has been great. Thanks, Henry. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.